Japan Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Uh, I've ne- I-, I have to tell you, Heather. Do you know what? What's that? I have not introduced myself not once today. I think you should. I didn't say that. like I'm Dr. Pat. Well, you know what? Every- well, everybody knows that, that, right? Well, maybe some people don't know. I showed up on that panel last night in the other room to introduce, and I'm the moderator and facilitator. I didn't. Ray- Rachel walks up to me and she says. Okay, I'm introducing you. Where's your bio? I said, I didn't bring my bio. She said, well, were you, how was anybody going to? I said, you know, I am not used to anyone introducing me. That's usually my job. Wait a minute, should I introduce you? No, that's okay. I can totally introduce you. No, that's cool. Okay. I just We just introduced me. <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm Dr. Pat. I'm the host of the Dr. Pat Show. You're listening to us live on Transformation Talk Radio and the Dr. Pat Show. Wow, what a day this has been topped uh, upon yesterday as well. Uh, Yep, we are here at one, the event, one becoming one, and one, the gathering. Tomorrow, you can join us live as well, webcast worldwide, or for those of you in the Pacific Northwest, or even if you're not, you want to join us at the Seattle Center and Memorial Stadium, please do so. It is a full day of speakers of live webcast. People like Deepak Chopra will will be joining us through the webcast. Lynn McTaggart will will be joining for a special global intention. Rhonda Britton, uh, many more people. I will be facilitating a segment with the 2011 Heroes of Forgiveness. So much, so much to, to talk about, thanks to a, a visionary, a firefighter in Seattle, Eric Lawyer. And so I am so blessed and grateful for all of the folks that have joined us here today. Carolyn North is one of them. Today's topic, our conversation with her, serious fun, ingenious improvisations on money, food, waste, water, and home. She's joining us here today, somebody that works as an energy healer using movement and sound. She writes about universal themes of love, death, and matter and spirit, a personal story which we'll hear about today. She's the founder of the Daily Bread Project, a hunger organization. She's the mother of three grown children, lives with her husband in Berkeley, one of my favorite places to be, and author of the recently published Serious Fun and Voices Out of Stone, currently working on shifting currents, changing your mind can save the world, Cannot wait for that book. I hope we're going to get a little bit of that juiciness from her today. Carolyn, thank you so much for joining us. It is so great to have you on the show. Well, it's totally my pleasure, Dr. Pat. Let's talk about the Daily Bread Project for a moment um, before we sort of get into some other things. You know, this is important to me because I don't know if you know this about me. I was homeless at age 17. My goodness, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, not many people. I just started to talk about it this year. Huh. I'm starting to talk about a whole lot of things this year that I haven't talked about. Uh, so I know what it's like, you know, to be at that place where you're not really sure where you're going to go next, not mm-hmm. really sure how you're going to even find a place to change your clothes or even if you have clothes. But the Daily Bread Project, hunger in this world, we have not talking about that much. It's almost no. as if it's become the silent killer. Well, it's inexcusable in a country where there's enough food. And mm-hmm. Nobody should ever, ever go hungry. And um, I actually started the project 26 years ago, 
which is amazing to me. It's still going strong. Um, and want, what I wanted to do was to balance out waste and hunger because you have food businesses that throw out food at the end of the day. You have restaurants where all the food is not used and it generally ends up in the garbage. And so what I wanted to do with um, ordinary people in the community who would be willing to volunteer, because we work without money, um, was to pick up that food, sort of intercept it before it gets thrown out and bring it to where it's needed. And what I discovered in the first years of doing this was that very often here in the, the East Bay area, the San Francisco Bay area, um, the uh, the, the restaurant that threw out the food and the people who needed the food were sometimes on the same block. Ugh. You know, just, just one, one side of town or the other side of town, but you could practically walk from one to the other. Mm. And this, I, I, I simply, I couldn't live with that. So, um, what I did, uh, was to set up this very, very simple organization of volunteers who would pick up food where it was surplus and bring it to where it was needed and do it on a regular basis and do it as volunteers. So one of the things I was trying to demonstrate was that you don't need a budget. You can do a a huge piece of work without any money ever exchanging hands. And we have worked successfully for 26 years without money. I mean, there's just no budget to this organization. I, 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 it, I have to tell you, I am, uh, I am outwardly impressed because nowadays folks don't believe that you could do anything without money. And they're wrong. Yeah, they're thank really you. Wrong. Yeah. Um, I also, you know, I feel the serious fun is a topic that's sort of been part of my life for a long time. I, I feel very strongly about the importance of having a good time and laughing a lot and doing whatever you do with great pleasure. And so what I wanted to, to sort of experiment with was could we do this really difficult job, you know, feeding hungry people and have it be fun for all the people involved. And it has worked. It's just amazing. So what tends to happen, you know, there's this very simple act, which is you pick up the food in one place, you bring it to another. But what I thought would happen and has is that you get to know the people, uh, you know, so you get to know the people in the kitchen of the restaurant or the, you know, the the baking room of the bakery. Um, And then you go to the food kitchen a couple of blocks away, and you get to know the people who are cooking there and some of the people who are eating there. And what you discover is that you didn't know any of these, you know, people necessarily from either of these um, parts of your community before, and you like them. And so you end up, and it's happened over and over again, you end up really falling in love with the people that you see week after week after week, one in the the kitchen of the restaurant, one in the kitchen of the food kitchen. And so what's been happening with a lot of the volunteers over the years is that they want to do more, so they end up starting gardens, starting literacy programs. In one case, um, uh, volunteers started a, a theater group with homeless women um, a kind of extraordinary collaboration between one of the residents who turned out to be a poet and one of the volunteers who was a photographer. And they created these amazing shows. 
which then, of course, made everybody feel great. I mean, everybody enjoyed the process of rehearsing and then performing, and it also brought in money. So, you know, sort of win, 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 and what you're, what you're dealing with is, is this horror of hunger in your community. Yeah. You know, I think we, uh, I got to experience that myself last night in, uh, moderating and, uh, the, the personal empowerment, um, panel, uh, that consisted of, uh, uh, three, three people, uh, Ocean Robbins, uh, oh, yeah. What? Was, uh, I just saw Ocean today. Um, he's yeah. a good friend of mine. So was he up in Seattle? Yes, absolutely. Ocean oh. Robbins was on the panel. Uh-huh. Um, James O.D. Uh-huh. And Lindsay Wagner. Uh-huh. And we were talking about personal empowerment, about shifting from fear to love, a decade later, right, on 9-11. And I think that because all of us have this sort of fun nature to who we are, Myself including. Um, what was shared was uh, some very seriously profound information, but we did laugh a lot. I'm telling yeah. you, I think James O.D. could be a stand-up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, a, a stand-up comedian. Uh, and Ocean, when he shared the story of his own life and, 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 his, and his, his, his children, yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, th- his journey with autism with them. You know, we laughed. Uh, he yeah. shared some very funny things. And then, of course, Lindsay Wagner, the bionic woman, of course, who, uh-huh. out of all of the people up there, was about as quiet and as gentle, leaded us in a, led us in a quiet meditation. And, of uh-huh. course, was pretty funny herself. So, there are ways to weave this. Um, who in the world, uh, Carolyn, ever said that we have to do serious work and be serious about doing it? Well, I don't know. I think it's kind of a mistake. I, I think, you know, it's the solemnity that gets me down. Mm. Um, it's, it's, I mean, we were lived, we were born to be, to be happy and to regard our world as a miracle and to enjoy the pleasures of this uh, amazing world we live in and each other. And to do anything less than that, I think, is really to kind of shortchange um, the the human family. So, uh, yeah, I'm absolutely up for a good time and doing the work that needs to be done in the process. You know, part of this is also taking a look at change. And mm-hmm. shifting, and I, I want to kind of talk about. Um, I want to talk about this idea of the book that you're currently, um, oh, that's currently in, in progress. Shifting currents, changing your mind can help save the world. Let's talk about this for a minute. Sure. A lot of the conversation had to do, you know, there there are conversations about shifting the mind, opening the heart. Um, but let's talk about it from your perspective. How changing your mind how that can save the world. Well, the way I see it is we live in a society where the the mindset is based on a materialist notion of what the world is. And if you think of the world as basically a commodity, then you're going to treat it that way. And I think a lot of the horrors that we're seeing 
are because of, of that mistake. It's a very basic mistake. Whereas if you regard the world and your life in it as miraculous, as being multi, um, sort of multivalent, so it's not just material, it's also spirit and it's mind and it's intelligence and it's consciousness. All of that is real. Then you're going to recognize that every, that you are connected to everything and everybody else and therefore you're going to hopefully treat everything and everybody else as if it were part of yourself. So, you know, when I look at our economy, which is based on, on this continuing growth, I, I ask myself, you know, what were we thinking? Nothing in the world grows and stays healthy. You know, in the human body, when everything keeps growing, we call it cancer. Mm. So why do we think that an economy will work based on that notion and, and profit-making? The natural world cycles everything. Everything is used, nothing is wasted. So, you know, it's like we've taken the wrong model to begin with in, in our Western cultures, and we, if we don't see that we're destroying ourselves in the process, then we're not looking. Mm. So that's kind of, that's basically what I'm trying to say, and to show that the, uh, an expanded mindset that includes spirit, that recognizes that love is the ultimate consciousness of which we are all a part, that recognizes that um, we as humans have the task of creating beauty in the world. That's what we're here for, is, is, is that, uh, to love each other, to enjoy ourselves, to, you know, to basically be, um, be divine. And by sticking to this notion that everything has to be efficient, be controllable, make a profit, we're, we're missing our chance. Mm. You know, I, I think that when we think about this weekend, right, you know, we're sitting here and, and I've shared this many times throughout the day today. Uh, Eric Lawyer, the firefighter in Seattle, who had the vision for this, uh, no experience in doing anything like this, uh, three months ago, this didn't exist. And, uh, uh-huh. wow. this is a three, yeah, three months, uh, is used his entire life savings to fund this. Oh, God bless yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and you know, there are people saying, Eric, we want to help you with the, the, with the fundraising, and we want, did, you know, how can we help you with the donations? So any of you listen to this that feel like you are called to contribute or donate, please go to the website, oneTheEvent.org, and do so. You know, when I asked him about that, he just looked at me. He's the, he's the most, I've never met anybody so humble. And he just looked at me and he said, you know, I just don't have time right now. And he doesn't have time because his focus is on his passion and his heart. Mm. And And the other thing he said is, you know, he didn't say it in so many words, but it isn't his number one priority. Uh-huh. The priority for him is this shift from yeah. fear to love. How do we make that be our priority? Yeah, I well, I keep expecting that we're going to get it and we're going to get it and we keep 
sort of missing the boat, mm-hmm. um, except that more and more of us are really saying the same thing. And I think it's a matter of a critical mass um, so that the energy really shifts to the other side of this shift that we've been leading up to, I would say, most of my lifetime. I've been kind of watching it on the more subtle levels changing, you know, mm-hmm. person by person. And the, the new generation, the younger generation, I think, is, is very much um, just is born with that sense, that awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's coming. I think it's inevitable. And I also suspect it's going to be really 11th hour. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, which <laughs> yeah i get it yeah i mean i think we kind of have to hurt a lot before we finally say oh okay i mean collectively yeah. i think many individuals are doing it but collectively i think i think we have to be pushed to the wall yeah and with the climate changes and the earth changes and the economic changes i think it's happening pretty fast you know it's i quoted manly p hall he's one of my favorite authors he wrote a book um called the way of the lonely ones and i started to pull it out and read it again and one of the things he says in the first two paragraphs is you know that uh you know our soul we truly we truly can't embark um with real change unless our hearts have been broken and, right. you know, he's talking about us as individually. But now yeah. I've come for it to mean the collective as well. I wish yeah. it weren't so. I wish so, too. Um, but, you know, when I look at my own life and I see what kinds of things have made me finally kind of grab the reins and make personal changes, I realize it's when I just can't stand the old way anymore. Yeah, me too. so but before then you're always too busy or you're too lazy or there's other things to do but it's when you just can't bear another minute that you make those changes so i figured that's what we're going to collectively do we're just going to all experience floods and heat waves and you know whatever else it takes and then and then shift so that's what I'm trying to do in the new book, and I'm trying to do it in the form of stories so that it's very accessible and easy to read. And what I'm, I'm having the most fun, I must say, doing it, is um, I'm writing a kind of utopia. So I'm setting the story in about 150 years, and it's after the oil crisis and after the economy breaks and after, and then we have mayhem and chaos for a while, and then people realize that the only way they're going to survive is to do it together. So they band into small groups. And um, I have to admit that I also have made half the population go away, which I think is actually kind of realistic. Mm-hmm. I think it will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but people realize that you can't go it alone. It's it's not That's not the way we're supposed to do it. It's not the way the natural world does it. And so I'm writing this utopia. I'm taking a family, and I'm uh, starting it with the birth of a pair of twins, a boy and a girl, and then following them through their life. And so I'm living, it's kind of fun because I live my, you know, my own real life right here on the ground, but half the time I'm writing. And I'm living in this other world where everything is just so much easier and so much 
more fun and so much more loving. I I am so, I can't wait for you. I can't wait to get a copy of the book. When when will the book actually be published? Um, I'm hoping to get it out in 2012, mm-hmm. um, and that means that I've really got to get it all together very soon. And I'm I'm almost there, but not quite. And as of today, I think I've changed the title. Tell me what you think. Um, Mind shifts and changes, and then the subtitle is embracing a new worldview. I love that. You like that? Uh, that I, that is, um, you know what? Because that's, I think, that just summed up pretty much what's going on here. Great. Yeah. And I use the word embracing to I love get that. that image of love, you know, that we, which you automatically, you get a, a visual image of two people embracing. So, um, yeah, I like it too. And you know when it came through? I was sitting here waiting for your call to do the show, and uh, and then suddenly, boom, it was there. And I wrote it down. Uh, that is it. Because you must have been picking up on the vibration of what's happening here. Uh, uh, very likely. I think you did. I mean, we, we were talking about this earlier. Sue London was on, and she was talking about she's a hugger. You know, she'll uh-huh. walk into a place, and she doesn't shake hands with anybody, right? You know, uh-huh. she just goes and hugs them. Yesterday, we had an impromptu interview with Lindsay Wagner. She actually came down to our very, very small room that we're in right here, Um and came through the door. Now, I had interviewed her a bunch of times before and, uh, you know, sent her a book. But, you know, Lindsay Wagner is someone that I grew up admiring. You know, in a time in our country when women were really struggling for their their rights, out mm-hmm. comes the bionic woman, mm-hmm. right? You know, right. here we have this image of the bionic woman when most of us are running around fetching coffee for people. Uh-huh. Uh, and so she walked in the room. And my first reaction is that one of shake hands and, you know, she's not a shake hander. You know, we, 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 we had this moment of hugging each other and then we took some pictures together and I was really struck by, um, her openness of embrace. Now, usually, you ever take pictures with people and they just kind of wrap their arm around you, and you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like half there. Yeah. Yeah. No. That Not was that. no, no, mm-hmm. no. And so there are moments like that that happen in our lives, and you, I believe, just experienced one of those with the mm-hmm. title of your new book. And I bet you have experienced many of them. You know, your passion to feed uh, the hunger, hungry and what you stand for in your life is extraordinary, Carolyn. And I want to thank you for joining me here today. I would love for you to let people know how they can find out more about you, more about your books, more about the work that you're doing. Oh, bless you. Well, um, I have a new website. <clears throat> www.carolynnorthbooks, that's C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-N-O-R-T-H-B-O-O-K-S dot com. It's one word, Carolyn North Books. Um, and that will also take you to my other website, <clears throat> Healing Improvisations, <clears throat> excuse me, which talks about my work in general. Wow. So, um, yeah, I, this, is, this is my passion, and this is what I do. Well, thank you. And I have a good time doing it, and thank you so much for 
talking to me today. I love it. Carolyn North, everyone, I can't wait for this book to come out, boy. And guess what you heard it first here? That title, Born Right Here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Spirit. (laughs) All right, Carolyn, let's take a short break, everyone. We'll be right back. We've got a fabulous, fabulous show for you uh, coming up. And then we've got our wrap-up here. Stay tuned. Natalie Kimbrough is going to be joining us here in a minute. We'll be right back. This is Christina Rilo and Noah Martin, the happy couple, and we're so excited to be here today saying what we have found that works for us in our relationship about saying no to fear and saying yes to love, even when it's hard. You know, one thing I really want to share is, is that fear wants to sneak into your relationship and pull you apart and make you each other's enemy, and that is just not what we're going to let you do. No, I know for me, my heart can get so scared and want to turn off, especially when I'm in a fight with Noah or I feel like I have to protect myself. And what we want to share with you is what we do in our own relationship is when we get into a fight or we get into a disagreement or we feel like if one of us is going to abandon the other, we stop and we say to ourselves, I choose love. And I know that you are on my side. And in that moment, fear hightails it out of the room, and we are left together in love. So remember that. I choose love. 